0: Welcome to the podcast of Grace and Peace Church. These are the teachings from our Sunday gatherings. We are supported by listeners like you who find value in the mission of discipleship. If you'd like to give financially, check out our website, our Instagram, our Facebook for the giving tab. And thank you for partnering with us and keeping the mission alive. Grace and peace to you. Okay. This is an exercise in learning to ask good questions. Like I said before, maybe not all of them will apply. Um, maybe some of them are. Uh, maybe some of them are things that you got down pat and you're dialed in. But maybe some of those things are like, wow, maybe I don't I don't spend much time listening. I spend a lot of time talking. Um, all of these areas are areas that we all need to develop to be well balanced believers. I believe. Um, I think it's easy as a church, as a pastor, or in faith to say, well, just love God and love people. And, and I get that. that. That's true, if you want to boil it down. But this is how we begin to look at all the categories in our life and begin to have balance in what it means to, as we talk about the three themes of look up to God and our upward relationship, look inward and develop inwardly, and then look outwardly and develop in relationships. And all of these are going to affect it, Right that if I'm physically not able to go and serve somebody because of my own selfishness or whatever it is, that's going to impede on how I serve. If I'm continually getting into more and more debt when we look at financial, I can't give. I can't be a generous person, right? If my career is something that drives me to the end of my rope and I don't have anything left for my kids when I get home, that's bad, right? So all these areas all begin to play on each other, and it as we transition from 2022 to 2023, I think it's good to think about these things and ask these questions. So I thought it'd be cool as like a way of worship to say, what are we doing with our lives? How are we beginning to live into what it means to be well-rounded believers that that really center around Jesus? And so um, what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about kind of what it looks like to abide, because this abiding idea, I think, really Captivates all of this and gives kind of the why to what we do. If we just add a list of things to do, it falls apart pretty quick, right? You guys have all probably listened to whatever, Instagram, Facebook, all the posts that talk about how to succeed and how to succeed in your uh, New Year's resolutions and all that kind of stuff. But really, to add a list of things to do, they, everybody knows it doesn't, doesn't do anything. But when you look at the drive and the motivation, you begin to transform how you begin to do those things, right? If my drive and my motivation, like when I talk about fitness, I'm um, going to talk about this in a second here, um, is just image related, you'll never succeed. That'll forever, you'll always be comparing yourself to other people. But if it's well-being and having health and feeling good physically so that you feel good personally, dude, that's, that's going to be a motivator, right? So if, um, for me right now, I'm, I'll just go ahead and share the story. But um, a couple weeks ago, I started swimming twice a week because I recognized that my, uh, my health isn't the best. My cardio wasn't very good. I recognized that I was getting out of breath sooner. And I needed some kind of cardio to begin to start working out and doing those things. So swimming is a great way to do that. And so I've been waking up at 6 a.m., actually 5.30. I know, right? You're like, oh, that's painful, and when we talk about disciplines and motives, um, I want to live longer, and I want to be able to surf kind of selfishly, and I want to be able to like physically do the things that I love doing. And as I see that starting to fade, I'm like, I got to do something about that. I got I to start to begin, begin to get consistent with what it means to be um, physically um, engaging and in, in, in what it means to get healthy. And so um, getting up at 5.30 is not fun, Right? It doesn't, it's horrible. Um, but in order for me to get back in time, in order to get my kids to school, I got to be done by 6.30, 7 o'clock. And, and to pull that off, that's the only way I could do it. And so I recognize that to pull that off, I have to make sacrifices. I have to do things that I don't necessarily want to do. But here's the beautiful thing that happens. In all of this, and in this illustration of swimming, as I began to do that, and it was because of my friend, Lauren, that comes to church every now and then with us here, um, he pushes me. And there's times in the evening where we're like, should we go tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, we should go. You know, and I'm like, and there's times where he's like, I don't really want to go. And I'm like, we're doing it. Doesn't matter. Like, meet me there. Get up at 530. Let's go. Um, and we push each other and we keep pushing each other. We hold each other accountable because we know that we don't want to do it. But what happens afterwards is we feel really good. We're like, I'm so glad we did that. I'm so glad we went and pushed ourselves. And you have this this endorphin rush that happens, right? And you guys can Google this. Like, I'll I'll talk about this here in a second. Um, But there's something that happens as you begin to work out um, that I can't explain why, but I know that chemically, as I Google it and start to research endorphins and what it does for your body, it makes you feel good. And it makes you feel really good afterwards because of what that endorphin does in your body and in your mind. Um, it triggers this positive feeling. Um, I just looked up kind of the definition of it and what happens. And it, they say that it's similar to what morphine does in relieving pain. And I didn't even know that. And so like, you begin to look at our bodies and how we're created. Um, we need some of those things. And we need those things in our, in our, our daily life in order to function well. And I noticed times where I start to sink into like mild depression I'm not physically active, and I'm not doing things, and then I start to get active again, and I recognize that that, that affects my brain. It affects my well-being, and then that's going to affect my spirituality, um, and so they're all, everything's intertwined, and it's, it's all tied together, and so um, what I want to do is I want to read from John chapter 6. Uh, I think, did I throw on the screen? Yeah. Let's, um, let me turn there real quick, and I want to read what Jesus talks about when he talks about this. Okay. Um, so John, John t- uh, shares a story about how Jesus feeds 5,000 people. After that experience, this is what takes place in a conversation with his disciples. So I'm going to read this, and then um, I want to show you a little about, like, what Jesus talks about when he talks about abiding. So he says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? How would you pull that off? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you were looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. So Jesus calls them out because physically they were taken care of and they wanted more. And he saw that. He saw that they just wanted more bread. And he kind of, it's a little bit of a call out and that like, you're kind of missing the point of what's happening. So he goes on a little further and this is where it gets really cool. Check this out. Do not work for food that spoils. So like bread spoils, right? Um, these things all come and go. Even we've all experienced that. The things that we have, even our jobs at times, things come and go. Uh, provision comes and goes, resources. But he says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. So he uses this opportunity in their hunger to take it a step further and talk about the the driving force of what motivates them to succeed and motivates them to do well, to thrive in life. He goes, but go for food that uh, endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? So again, this is is a little interesting point. He says, what do we have to do? Like, what's the list that we have to create in order to succeed and be part of this eternal life and this thing that you're offering us? And here's how Jesus responds. Watch his response. It's not a to-do list. He doesn't give them a bunch of tasks. What does he say? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe So he doesn't give them a list. He doesn't say, go to church on Sunday, read your Bible, like do all these things. He says, believe, believe in the one he has sent. So it's belief that begins to transform us, right? If I believe that Jesus is who he is, that he's God, flesh and blood, came to transform life, if I believe that he is the center of life and his ways and his teachings, then life transforms into this beautiful way of living. And it impacts the way that I spend my money. It's going to impact the way that I view my free time. It's going to impact the way that I engage with my family, my children, right? Uh, My intellect, that I want to grow and learn and serve and become more generous. All those things become impacted as a result of belief. So Jesus doesn't give them the to-do list. And that's the thing I want us to see here as we engage into this I don't know, idea of New Year's resolutions and this new season, this new year. Let's begin to think about really the thing that motivates and drives it. And I believe that it's abiding. That's what Jesus says is believe. And belief is this, I, this core understanding that I need to be part of what Jesus is doing and surrender to that and make that core to my life. It goes on, it says... Um, Sorry, where were we at? We're just, believe the one who sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give, a, will you give that we may see it and believe, and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is from my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives you life to, the, gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. We want more of that. And then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. There will be this sense of satisfaction in life when you begin to surrender to Jesus. It will satisfy everything to where then you go, you know what? I don't have to worry about my body image. What I want to worry about is how I can serve people. You begin to trans- you begin to flip your perspective from the things that we want selfishly to the things that Jesus wants that begin to help us to really thrive and see life in a very meaningful and powerful way. And so um, I guess to kind of close out um, kind of this idea and kind of bring it home is to begin to see the change that we desire, the things that we want to initiate in our lives, and the things we want to begin to, I think, transform when it comes to our schedule, when it comes to our week, um, the things that we desire to achieve. Um, I think all of that comes down to recognizing that we have to abide. We have to just begin to seek Jesus in all of it. And that's where I think these questions are really helpful is to begin to say, what does Jesus want me to do with my time, right? It's kind of the cliche, like, what would Jesus do, right? But it's like, really, what would Jesus want me to do with my intellect? Yeah, he'd want me to grow and develop and and use my mind for good, right? What would Jesus want me to do with my social life? How would he want me to begin to engage in my relationships? Would he want me to be, like, a mile wide and only an inch deep with a tons of people? Or would you want me to have deeper, significant relationships that begin to transform and invest and care for each other? Um, It begins to change the questions that we ask and what we become devoted to. So going back to the early church, um, Acts 2.42 talks about they devoted themselves to a few things. And I'm not going to list those right now, but it says they devoted themselves. They were completely devoted to the things of God. And those things of God were the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So they're devoted to the things of God in how they gathered and how they lived their lives. This devotion, I think, creates uh, fruit in our lives. And I think that's why Jesus talks about that continuously: that um, as you abide, you're going to bear fruit. And and I, my prayer for us as a church is that we begin to bear fruit. That we, as individuals, um, live in such a way because of our abiding, because of our deep relationship with the Father, with Jesus, that then we become the kind of people that deepen relationships with people and invest in people's lives and live generously and kind and loving, Um, that we be the kind of people that are listening, that are developing in all these areas of life, so that when people do engage you, they go, you know what? That's a person who deeply cares about the people around them. They're, they're deeply loving as a result of their walk with Jesus. Um, and I think that's, that's my heart. That's my desire as a community um, and that we not get distracted. In, uh, in Jeremiah, I read this passage this week, it talks about how God um, sees our motives and sees what we're doing and requires from us a discerning of what is good and what is bad. And in Jeremiah 12, or 2, 12 through 13, it says, Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. And, and I really like that picture of, again, going back to the living water or the bread of life, that they went to this place of trying to rely on their own resources, their own ways of maintaining, right? So, like, they built cisterns that are cracked and don't actually hold water. Um, it's kind of an analogy for, like, us when we try and do things on our own strength, that we try and do all these things, and, and really, it's like, we need to rely on the strength of God and and be so in tune with the fact that there's The way that the world does things, and then there's the way that God does things. And we need to abide in that. And right after this, Jeremiah prophesies about them being taken out into um, into captivity by Babylon as a result of them being so dependent on their own strength, their own ways of doing things, and just completely ignoring God. And I believe that as we center around God, there's something that God does in transforming all of life um, and it just it really centers around abiding really abiding in what he wants to do in and through us um, So I want to I guess close out with a couple questions to reflect on um, and I'll just give us like just a couple minutes here as we close we only have a couple minutes left um, to reflect on these as well as these questions that we're going to throw up here On the screen, and it says take a moment to reflect on what you abide by. So like, do you abide in bread that, you know, basically food that spoils, bread that goes bad? Um, Or are you abiding in Jesus that truly feeds our soul? Um, And then the second part of it is also take inventory of what areas in your life do you long to see abounding to happen? And These are kind of the three bigger categories that are kind of above all of these seven. Um, It's the ones that we have out on the hallway there. You guys probably see them or maybe you've gotten used to them and you've passed right by them. But it's this idea of an upward relationship being developed with God, an inward relationship being developed, and an outward relationship with other people. Um, Those all need to be in balance. That if we're continually looking inward and trying to develop my own spiritual life and I'm not serving people, I'm missing a key element. If I'm constantly looking to worship God and I'm, like, self-deprecating, like, I'm horrible, I'm evil and sinful and broken and all this stuff, then you're missing the point of how God views you. Um, how, we, how we understand how God views us really informs how we live our lives. If we think that God is always angry at us, how are we going to live our lives? We're always flinching and going, like, is he going to be angry? Is he gonna be? No, we got to know that God is loving, that he is generous. He's kind. He's, in any moment where we are somehow broken and we've done some kind of mistake, he brings us back and says, well, let's learn from that. Let's continue to develop and I love you deeply. Um, how we view God and our spiritual our view of him really informs how we live in a powerful way. So how do you how do you want to see abounding in your life? And, and I can't prescribe that. Like You have to begin to ask that question. There might be uh, areas where you're like, I'm pretty good in that area, but this is an area where I struggle. Um, what area do you need to begin to engage in this season, and let that kind of drive your your year, and let it be something that that drives you as a way of saying, I want to abide in what Jesus is doing, so that then we can abound, so then we can have bear fruit, we can do well, um, and, and really thrive. And so I'm gonna just have. Andy, turn on um, just a worship song, and for a couple minutes, I just want you to just sit and reflect, because I don't think we ever have time to just sit and be quiet, and so just take some time if you need to look through those and maybe see which one resonates with you, but take out your, your notes um, and write it down. I don't want you to miss it, um, but write down whatever you're experiencing as you sit here, and we'll reflect for three or four minutes, and then we'll close out with some prayer.
1: you mean
0: this abiding would continue. Um, That's my hope for us as a church this year. Um, Abiding and then as a result of that abiding we know that there will be abounding. And uh, I'm just, I'm so excited to see what God begins to do through all of us. Um, Not just here in this this space but as we go out into the various places that God calls all of us on our jobs and our families and um, in the community. Like that's that's where the kingdom is at work and where it's at play and at hand and where it um, ultimately begins to bear fruit. So, um, let me close in prayer as we as we go into the rest of this day, um, recognizing that just God is with us; He's totally for us; that He wants to transform life, all of life, and uh, and result in some abounding. So, Lord, we we love you. We're so grateful that you are. Um, our living water, that you are the bread of life, that you sustain us, that you carry us in the times of challenge, of difficulty, um, that you, you redeem us out of our brokenness, out of our mistakes, um, that you completely transform us from the inside out, but there's also just a recognition that we have to allow you to do that, and so Um, we come with just open hands, open hearts, open minds, uh, open in our relationships to recognize that you want to work in and through all those areas. And so uh, help us to abide. Help us to be the kind of people that abide deeply in your love and nothing else. Because we recognize that everything else in this world is broken cisterns and fading away and doesn't last. Um, But you, God, you are powerful. And so we abide in you. We love you, Jesus. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.